Thank you for tuning in to this podcast, where conversations with basketball and the center is right up our alley. I'm your host, Lorenzo Sison, but it's Enzo for short, and this is B Street. Yeah, yeah. I wanna reach the pylon. Pull up and skirt with a python. Pull up and stay with a viper. Never like snakes, they swiper. I get a wife, I marry. Open the door, explorer. Walk in a room. No fruit of the noon. I'm just dancing. I'm just prancing. More advancing. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Beast Street. It's awesome to have another in a row. Hopefully, we can keep this trend going. Thank you for tuning in. And for those of you who have friends that you know will enjoy this episode, let them know about it, share, subscribe, comment, rate this episode. I really appreciate all the support you guys give. Now, before I continue, if you listened to the last episode, if you haven't, please check it out. We talked a little bit about the World Cup. And I kept I kept mispronouncing a country. And I want to apologize for all of you who are from the country or know people from that country or just in general, I should have done my homework and should have learned the pronunciation. Um, But I do now. It's uh, Cote d'Ivoire. And from now on, anytime I say that country, I will pronounce it the right way. Again, I want to apologize. Hopefully we can get past it. And actually for this episode, we're going to get an update more or less. I'm not going to dive in too deep. We already sort of did that in the last episode. So right now, the first round is done. And what happens is there are eight groups. And from the eight groups, the top two, after three games each, move on to the second round. And from there, they'll be split up to four groups. And then the top two from each will move on to the next round and the quarters and the brackets and so on and so forth. Now, after the first round, those who don't make it, they don't get eliminated. There is a classification round, 17 and 32. I will get to that pretty soon. Um, But for now, let's talk about the teams that did make it. For um, Group I, we have Argentina, Poland, Venezuela, and Russia. Both Argentina and Poland having 3-0 and the other two having 2-1 record. For Group J, we have Serbia, Spain, Italy, and Puerto Rico. For the 3-0 teams, we have Serbia and Spain, and then the other teams having the 2-1 record. Now for Group K, we have the U.S. and Brazil, with a 3-0 record in Greece, and the Czech Republic with 2-1 record. Then as of Group L, we have France and Australia for the last 3-0 teams. And then we have Lithuania and the Dominican Republic with a 2-1 record. Uh, For the most part, I think I got all of it right except for the Dominican Republic. I think I had Germany making it past, but they surprised and actually did really well. Um, It's pretty, pretty cool to see countries like them, teams like them that do step up and do prove the naysayers wrong. It's pretty cool. Now, as of the 3-0 teams, um, not really surprising that they went 3-0, but of the 3-0 teams, there is one team in particular I want to talk about. And in the last episode, 
I did say that it was Serbia, Australia, and U.S. that are sort of vying for the top spot, the gold medal for this World Cup. But after the performance of the U.S., I don't know. Yes, they ended up going 3-0. And the team that almost beat them, they ended up going to overtime, losing in overtime by one, was Turkey. And yes, you know, they're a good team. And have they been on any other bracket or any other group, they would have made it, most likely. Um, so that's very unlucky. But yeah, with the U.S., I actually think this might be the first time in, I don't know, 13 years that they're not going to win. The whole thing, I mean. Um, and by 13, I mean 11. Because they lost in 2006. It was Spain that won that year. And that was the World Cup. And then U.S. won the Olympics 2008. And 2010, they won the World Cup. So I guess first in nine years, more give or take. But 11 if you're counting the Olympics. Uh, same thing goes from what I said last time. They definitely did not send their best. Um, it's clearly not a priority to them. However, um, I did say that the X factor of the teams having Coach Pop as their head coach, but the problem with that is, yes, you're having an amazing coach by Coach Pop, one of the best coaches ever in the game, but a big part of European basketball is the intellectual aspect of the game, and... Having it instilled into players rather than just the coaches, this whole thing. I'm not saying that the U.S. is um, not, that they don't have high basketball IQs. To make it to that level, you have to have good basketball IQs. But I still think that they're at a disadvantage. Um, They'll most likely make it deep in the brackets. I don't know if they're going to win. I actually doubt and if I had to put my money on someone or a team, it would not be the U.S. Of the 3-0 teams that made it, um, Serbia looked really, really good. I think they didn't play to their potential. But then again, when you're playing the Philippines and Angola, you can't really... Um, I, I think they sort of dialed back a little bit. Sort of. We have yet to see their... 100% capabilities, um, but in this group, when they play against Spain, Italy, and Puerto Rico, we're going to definitely see it, and by the end of this second round, we'll definitely have a clearer a clearer understanding of whether or not they are the team to beat. Of the other teams, I think Australia looked really good. Spain actually looked good too. Um, but I definitely think Serbia is a team to beat. Now, besides the 3-0 teams, there are a few 2-1 teams I do want to shout out and I do want to commend that I think could make an upset happen and then make it to the brackets. Um, one of the teams I want to mention is Lithuania. Lithuania actually came from the hardest group in my book. It was Australia, Lithuania, Canada, and Senegal. 
They ended up beating Canada and Senegal, and then losing to Australia. They actually looked really, really good in that game. Um, in all their games, actually. I think they're a team to look out for. And being in the group of France, Australia, and Dominican Republic, um, it will be a tough, 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 tough road to the brackets, but I think they do have a good chance to make it. Another team I want to shout out is Greece, actually. Um, they went 2-1. Uh, for a refresher, they were in the bracket of Brazil, New Zealand, and Montenegro. Um, they ended up losing to only Brazil. That's the only team they ended up losing to. And having a team like the U.S. in the same group, because they're in the same group as the U.S., including the Czech Republic, they do have a good chance. Um, now, whether it's the U.S. or Brazil that they beat, I don't know if they'll be able to beat both, um, if they do it good on them. But having that tough schedule makes it a little less likely that it'll happen. But I think Greece is one of the 2-1 teams that I think is most likely to make it to the next bracket. Now, of the teams that did not make the second round, there are a few teams I do want to shout out. First off, Canada. They were just in a tough, tough bracket. Having to play against teams like Australia and Lithuania, very, very hard. If they were in any other bracket or any other group, they definitely would have made it to the second round. But that's what happens in these things. It's the luck of the draw. Now, the other team that did not make the second round that I do want to talk about is Turkey. They had a close game against the U.S. They went to overtime, ended up losing by one. Very, very close game. Um, they did beat Japan, but weren't able to pull out the win against the Czech Republic. They are a really good team. And again, it's one of those things that had it been another bracket... They probably could have made it, but they played really well against the U.S., but sort of dropped the ball against the Czech Republic, so hope they do better. They're a team that definitely deserves better, but when you only have three games to play, you really got to bring it. But the other team that really, really got sort of hit in the gut with this style of tournament is Germany. They are a really good team, but when you play only three games, you have got to bring it every game. And with the Dominican Republic being the same group, they brought it every game. So whoever comes to the tournament ready to play and ready to kick butt, they're the ones that will make it to the second round whether they are a better program or not. And that's what happened in Group G when the Dominican Republic eventually made it to the second round instead of Germany. But with that being said, in the classification round of 17 to 32, Canada and Germany in the same group, definitely a group to watch and games to watch. It's going to be really, really good. As of other teams, not really. We have Turkey in Group O with New Zealand. Um, might be good. 
a rematch between New Zealand and Japan will be a fun game to watch. But really not much else to look out for. Yeah, but I'm really excited to see what happens the rest of the World Cup. Keep watching it and let me know what you guys think. And whether your predictions are right or wrong, uh, I'm really, really curious to see or hear what you guys think. Now with all that said, it's time to go to the team that I'm an avid supporter of. Obviously, being a Gilas Pilipinas fan, I cannot have this podcast without talking about them. So I wanted to save them for last a little bit. And for you who are not following the World Cup, the Philippines ended up losing all three games to Serbia, Italy, and Angola. First off, if you listen to my podcast, the last episode anyway, episode 8. This is episode 9 right now. You know that I do have a problem with the way the team is coached. Not only that, there is a problem with the mindset. Because if you're looking at the teams, and I, I don't, I don't want to get so into it, especially for you, um, for my listeners that aren't Filipino or are not really big Gilas fans, so they don't really know the players. But the gist of it is this. We cannot play like the U.S. I understand that they want to sort of keep up with the height. And honestly, height is not a problem anymore. We do have players that are 7 feet, 6'11", 6'10". But when you're trying to play these players that are growing up in a system, they're trying to mimic the NBA. It is really, really hard to compete in an international level. And I will open up more about that later on. But as of the World Cup and their performance, I'm very, very disappointed. Um, I did say that I did have Italy making it to the second round. And I'm glad I said it. Means my judgment is not off. Um, but with all that said, could have this elimination been avoided? Um, with good coaching, with proper coaching, most likely. But seeing how Italy played, it's really hard to gauge because they were a really good team and they brought it for sure. But I think this stems down to the basketball culture of the Philippines and not just how the team was coached. Um, again, I said there's a problem with the mindset and it needs to be fixed. And this is what I mean. The basketball culture right now in the Philippines is not ready to be competing or to be competitive in an international level. And I say that with all the love and all the support for Gilas Pilipinas. And if you guys are actually interested in this kind of talk, 
um, Eric Menk, who is an amazing NBA, uh, PBA player. Used to play for Hinebra for the longest times. Actually, one of the first PBA games I watched was Hinebra against Talkin' Tex, my team. And Eric Menk, who is known for his leadership and just having good IQ in general. He has his podcast. Um, I will put the link in my description. And one of the episodes, actually, is regarding the basketball culture in the Philippines. And it's with Ateneo Blue Eagles head coach, Tab Baldwin, who actually used to be the head coach of Gilas Pilipinas. If you're interested in the podcast, I'll put the link in the description. Again, um, his name is Eric Menk, and the name of his podcast is Staying Major. Staying Major, and the links should be in the description. You guys should check it out. Great, great listen. I do listen to it as often as I can. Now, with the basketball culture. In the in the video that he posted in his YouTube channel, Tab Baldwin says this, and I quote, It has been so good. I mean, by it, he means the basketball culture. I mean, basketball in general. It has been so good that it's insular. And when it does not look out, this is what Tab Baldwin says in a YouTube video that Eric Mank posted when he was a guest in his podcast. And I quote, Basketball has been so good that it's insular. And when it looks out, it only looks at the U.S. End quote. Now the problem with that is, yes, we do have tall players, but we don't have the amount of tall players that normal countries or normal teams would have, like in the EuroLeague, NBA, NCA, etc. And because you're trying to replicate the way a team plays without having the right personnel, it almost becomes, if not it does, um, it becomes detrimental to the basketball health or the culture because we cannot, I repeat, we cannot replicate replicate what happens in an NBA court. Now, the way we play basketball here in the Philippines, and by <laughs> in the Philippines, it's sort of surrounded by a street ball culture. And yes, it looks really good, and it works inside the PBA. And someone would actually say that... Um, most NBA players have this mindset, you know, a lot of isolation and a lot of one-on-one and stuff like that. But when it goes to an international level or goes outside the Philippines, you cannot compete with that. We need to rise with their level. And the way the way Filipinos play, it's very... I'll try it first. That, that kind of thing, like someone will have a ball and and they'll do what they can to get a basket or kick it out for a shot. Oh, it doesn't work? Okay, let's pass it to someone else who's going to do the same thing. And 
this sport is a team sport for a reason. You can't have a your turn, my turn kind of mentality when you're playing. Because great players have the know-how to include the other teams, the, the other players in their team when trying to make a play. There needs to be an emphasis for off-ball movement or hockey assists. And for those of you who don't know what hockey, says, hockey assists are, um, they're assists that come before the assist. So, for example, if player A passes the ball to player B for a shot and he gets an assist, let's say player C passed to player A first before player A passed to player B. So player C would end up getting the hockey assist. Basically just finding open people and finding the extra shot, extra basket. And one of the players that Tab Baldwin ended up saying that sort of had this your turn, my turn mentality, who don't get me wrong, he is a great player and I love watching him, is Terrence Romeo. If you guys don't know who he is, he actually made lots of noise uh, internationally when he played with Gilas. I don't. He's not in the team now, but uh, two, three years ago and four years ago, he was in that team. And you guys should check him out, especially for you guys that don't watch Philippine basketball. Look him up. You'll definitely see a highlight reel in YouTube. He is amazing with the ball. And when he's driving the basket, whether to get a shot for himself or looking to for a shooter, shoot it, he looks really good. But we, he doesn't have the ball in his hands. He looks kind of awkward and doesn't really move off the ball that well. Now, you might you might be thinking, oh, Enzo, you know, you're just complaining. You're just complaining about the culture. Every episode you say about the Philippines, you keep saying there's a problem. But how do you fix it, right? Well, the first thing that you need to do is recognize that there is a problem. You need to recognize that you can't play the way the NBA plays. You got to recognize that, yes, we do have tall players, but it starts with the training. Because the problem is we got guys that are 6'7", six, 6'8", six, that are trained to be big men, and when they do play in the international level, they're not able to compete, which honestly, that's okay. But when you you got guys that um, that are like that, Put them in the game because that's what they've been training in their whole lives. Uh, an example is um, one of their games. They had, and by them I mean Gilas, they had Andre Blatch, who in my book is a stretch four. You have Japheth Aguilar, who is also a four or five. You have um, Mark Baraka, who is a small guy, great defender. I don't like him as a point too much, but he has good presence on the court. Having Gabe Norwood in is always good. And then Troy Rosario, who I think, anyway, is a 4-5 or five guy. Maybe a stretch 4. But they had him in the 3. I'm not saying he is incapable. But you can't train your whole life doing something. And then try to, when you go internationally, try to change it a little bit. I hope you guys understand what I'm trying to say here. But this thing is actually like 
way, 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 way deeper. Because when your style of basketball can be exploited by disciplined, intelligent teams, and they'll force you to enumerate to several mistakes. You have to look internally. You have to look at yourself. And one of the things that I think, anyway, will help Philippine basketball or the basketball culture in the Philippines. Because height isn't the problem anymore. Height isn't an issue. Yes, we won't have you know, the amount of players that other teams have. But it starts with the coaches. And shout out to, you know, coaches like Tab Baldwin who are teaching or training other coaches to um, a more intellectual style of play. And the NBA actually is having, is going through that right now where they're bringing guys from the Europe, from the Euro leagues to sort of help them with the intellectual side of the game because if you watch your basketball and and if you don't I highly encourage you to especially if you're a big fan of, of basketball in general they move like it's music to the ears like it is beautiful to watch and now you can't count on brute force or all heart which are very good. It is very good to have both. But you need to combine it with the know-how of the game. How to move without the ball. What happens off a of pick and roll? What happens if this guy blitzes? And what do I do off the ball when I'm not the guy giving the screen or with the ball in my hands? Stuff like that. It's got to go deeper. And once we have the know-how then we can start developing players in a college level. We can start changing the game in a professional level and hopefully be more competitive in the international scene for eight, six years from now. Now, that's just offensively, right? Because I'm saying, you know, moving off the ball, hockey assists, stuff like that. Now, Enzo, what about the defense? Because if you watch the Philippine games, the defense was horrendous. Horrendous. Couldn't make up their minds. Not good coverage. The blitz was sloppy. If they were blitzing, switches were late. Going for um, steals that they shouldn't have been going for. Now... The problem with all of this is because we don't do it, we don't play well off the ball or we don't do this style of play that I'm talking about, it's hard to play defense because you don't play against it. So how will you know how to play defense against it? So hopefully, hopefully we can be competitive in the next four, six, eight years. I do have a lot of confidence in the staff of Gilas Filipinas because they do have the means of getting the team to the next level. And we do have the players with immense, immense talent. 
and a lot of heart. But until we have the know-how to play this in high IQ type of basketball, an intelligent kind of game, we will not make it to the next level. Now, you must be asking, oh, if in the World Cup, the last World Cup, they almost made it, they just lost to uh, Puerto Rico, how come there was such a decline in performance? I think it's quite simple. We weren't trying to play like the U.S. in 2013. Sorry, 2014. We played our style of play with a lot of heart, a lot of guts. It just ended up not going our way. But we played our game. Now when you got guys like Chorosario and Blotch and Aguilar playing in the, the starting five, like, come on, man. You can't expect to win that way. And when you have a great player... Like Junmar Fajardo, I don't understand why you're not starting him. Especially when you have Fajardo and Blatch, who, let's be honest, they're not going to be the quickest guys on the court. But when you're able to play your style of game, where you're pushing the ball on offense, and at the same time getting uh, them to slow down on offense, getting your defense to slow down the opponent's offense so that you get your big guys set. I feel like or I believe, actually, that we would have had a more successful World Cup. Now, that's not now that's in the past, right? With all that said, um, before I continue, I actually just want to shout out, before it becomes a little too negative in this podcast, I just want to shout out all the players that are representing and the coaching staff, um, the players like Andre Blach, Japheth Aguilar, June Marfa Hardo, CJ Perez, Short Rosario, Paul Lee, Gabe Norwood, Pogoy, Ravenna, Robert Bollock, Almazan, Mark Barocca. Props to you guys for representing our country. Hopefully we'll have a better outing next World Cup or next uh, next time we try out for the Olympics. But yeah, let me know what you guys think about this. Um, especially you guys who are in the Philippines and listening. Let me know what you think about, about what I've been saying. And check out the video. It's really, really good video. Um, I'll put the link in my description. But a big part to, to improvement is one, admitting you, there is a flaw, right? And two, look other than the U.S., or if you do look in the U.S., look at um, the college team so you know how to develop your own players, right? Look at the Euro Leagues where they're playing this type of high IQ game. Because the NBA, are they're already starting to import coaches, right? And you see this high, high rise in international players coming into the NBA and doing really, really well. You look at players like like Tony Parker, you have Manu Ginobili, 
you have um, Luka Doncic, right? A uh, recent rookie uh, rookie of the year. You have guys like Dirk Nowitzki, um, Marco Bellinelli, Nikola Jokic, who, who's in Serbia, who's one of the um, best, if not the best big man passer in, in the NBA right now. You look at the Gasol brothers, who are also amazing big man passers. You look at all the big men who are really good passers, chances are they're European, right? It's the way they were they were trained in the game. And when you're trying to compete in an international level, you can't just look into an isolation type of game. You need to look at these types of off-the-ball movements and just play an intelligent style. I was actually talking to my dad recently and he is a diehard Magic Johnson fan. So anytime someone says, like, I think it was the 2008 Olympics and 2012 also, when they were saying, oh, you know, Dream Team Part 2. Oh, this is a Dream Team. Who's better, 2012 or 1992? My dad's like, no, there's no way, no way you can compete with the 1992 Olympics, right? Here's the thing. They are absolutely amazing, but the biggest thing that happened between 1992 and now is the international caliber of play has significantly rose and you're looking at the style of play yes the u.s might have better athletes right jump higher they can move higher uh, move faster um they're quicker with it right but you have these international players that they may not be the quickest they may not be the um strongest they might not jump the highest they play so, so smart. The two players right now that I want to point out is Luka Doncic and Nikola Jokic. Watch them play. They're absolutely smart with it. They're not trying to force anything. They're getting the ball to whoever is open. They're very sneaky with the ball. And they're one of the best. Um, Nikola Jokic one of, if not the best center in the NBA right now. And you have uh, Luka Doncic, who is definitely going to be an all-star next season. I'm calling it right now. Luka Doncic going to be an all-star. So these are just, you know, some of my hopes that I wish, I really wish the Philippines will adapt as their basketball culture. But it's it's going to be slow. They, they've got to start with the coaches, move into training college-wise. That's why I have a lot of respect for what Tab Baldwin does with the Blue Eagles. Um, let me know. My listeners, let me know what you guys think about what we talked about with the FIBA recap that we did and who you think is going to make it past the second round into the brackets. Let me know who you think should have made the second round but just didn't have the luck with the draw. Or you wish made it but they just didn't play how they were supposed to play. And let me know also what you guys think about the basketball culture in the Philippines, and whether you think I'm right, if I'm not, let me know. It's okay if you disagree with me. Um, all my links will be in the description. Just give me a shout out somewhere or send me a DM. I do reply to you guys. And if you're not from the Philippines, if you're in the US or in other countries, um, tell me about your basketball culture. How is it there? Is there a problem? How can it be fixed? Um, 
do you like the basketball culture there if you don't think there's a problem? We need to start conversations like this in order to improve the state of the sport in your country, in your region. And I think it's very important to have these type of discussions because we always need to assess constantly. Because the moment that you stop learning is the moment you get past. And you got to adapt wherever you are. Let's say you're a coach, you know, being a head coach in a new program, you can't just say, oh, you know, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. You got to listen. You got to see your players. You got to see what they're good at, what they're not good at, and then adapt. And then little by little, you know, try to be the best basketball team that you can be within those parameters. So let me know. I'm really excited. I really love this kind of topic. It might come up sooner or later. Let me know if you enjoy this topic as much as I do. Before we close, I just want to say, if you do enjoy this podcast and what it represents, please feel free to help support this podcast with a small monthly donation. You guys can do that through uh, Anchor. I really appreciate all of your support. Um, I will be having a Patreon pretty soon. I'm just trying to get all the tiers ready. I'm not 100% sure what I want to be given as rewards for these tiers. Um, If you do have suggestions, please let me know. I really appreciate all your um, feedback. Be sure to rate, comment, subscribe, and share this podcast. Also, please check out the other episodes if you haven't. And if you have friends that you know will enjoy this type of conversation, please send this this episode to them or this whole podcast in general. Just send the link. Um, Yeah, I think that's it. Thank you guys for tuning in. And I'll see you guys next time. Bye. That's romantic. When I reach the pylon Pull up and skirt with a python Pull up and stunt with a python Why they got they eyes on Me and you and me and you Your mama and your cousin too Ain't too much of a big boy But I got like three snacks Ooh, ooh, we I don't speak French I say less Say la vie I hate stress Then I sip that French press Lavender my fragrance I got smile But it don't last I got life But it's gon' pass I got flesh but it reek, yeah. I got flesh, but it's weak. Dinner rolls, but I don't eat. I got much to say, but I don't speak.